It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the BBC Country Farm Magazine podcast. The podcast that takes you on wonderful escapes into the great British countryside, helps you meet wonderful rural characters and discusses some of the big rural issues of the day. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm your host today. So where am I today? Well, it's mid-February and it's a very, very foggy morning. I'm in Southport. Well, I've just left Southport where the in-laws are and I have headed north along the coast to the Ribble Estuary National Nature Reserve. I'm at the RSPB Hesketh Outmarsh. And actually the fog has started to clear, which is really good news, because I'm going to have a walk around today and see what sort of wildlife I can find. There'll be mostly birds, I suspect. There's already some waders calling, and you might be able to pick up some skylarks singing. So really, it's a quest to see. There's a curlew. So it's a quest to find late winter birds, really. The sun is burning through now, which is great, because I almost gave up coming here. It was so, so foggy, and I thought I wouldn't see anything. But now the sun's coming through, and it's actually going to be a gorgeous day. And there are curlies singing already. How utterly wonderful. Wrens, skylarks, curlies. So hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll see a new species today. I'm really hoping to see something that I haven't seen before, but um, there should be a really good variety of, of bird life here. So I'm going to follow the path. Um, so what's, what's it like here? I've driven through lots of flatland, lots of big farms, big arable fields, some sheep fields, lots of little remote farms along the coast here. And now I've driven north up this very rutted track to uh, what looks like a big embankment, a sort of seawall. And so I'm going to climb up onto the seawall in a minute and see what's there. Today is going to really test out my bird song because I'm not that familiar with shorebirds. But I think those are oyster catchers. Just too far away to see in the haze. Little flock of waders. Now it says on the um, entrance to the reserve, keep dogs on leads. 
Oh, here they come. They seem to have settled in one of the big arable fields, these waders. Wish I could see them, it's so hazy. Definitely time to get the binoculars out. They're just circling around. I think they are oyster catchers. So noisy, so chatty. So it says on the entrance to the nature reserve, uh, respect the reserve, respect the wildlife, keep your dogs on leads. And of course, the first two dog walkers I've met haven't bothered with leads and the dogs are just gambling around. Oyster catchers, I can see them now. Well, that's a song thrush. It's going through his repertoire with two curdies flying over behind him in the haze. That's your moorhen here sitting on top of a hedge with a blackbird beside it. Really unusual. And a whole field of kale behind, which looks brilliant in the morning light, like a miniature rainforest tiny little trees and the sun glinting off it. So I'm heading up onto what looks like a viewing area. All right, I can now begin to see across the Ribble estuary. Right, this is more like, a, this is proper estuary here. So I can look it looks absolutely miles and miles and miles of wetland here. Especially one of the most important wetland areas in the whole of Europe. Lots of birds here. So I'll see what I can see. It's beautiful. So in front of me are some big lagoons full of water and then lots and lots of marshland. Loads of mallards right below me. Can hear a bit of wader action. Oh, those two mallards are a bit close for comfort. So, what can we see? Black headed gull, lots of widgeon, beautiful winter ducks at the little chestnut heads, little flash of cream on the top of them. So it'd be loads of which and they're the ones making that funny that funny whew, whew. There's a red shank. That's not a red shank. It's a godwit. Probably a black-tailed godwit. It has a really long thin beak with a black tip on it, and it's got a black tail. So I'm assuming that's a black-tailed godwit. I've never seen it. Oh, there's a, there is a red shank. Much smaller. Two red shanks. Which they haunt the creeks of marshes of Britain, red shanks. Yeah, funny song, the, uh, the widgeon. I can see a jogger heading towards me along the causeway. This is sort of sea defence here. Massive, long sea defence. Um, what else can I say? Oh, I can hear a skylark now. 
the shell duck far out on the marsh, lots of shell ducks. So I'm going to walk along in a sort of westerly direction towards the mouth of the estuary, following the seawall. So on the one side I've got these vast open wild marshes, really untamed, very spectacular. Completely new area for me to explore. And then, so to the north, that's to the north, and to the south is the farmed field, so there's a rainforest of kale. Just two lapwings going over now, which are one of my favourite birds. They're lovely, they are the sort of bird that you would draw as a kid with the little W-shaped wings above farmland. Lovely to see, much rarer these days. It used to be so common when I was a kid. To see them in all the fields where I lived in Somerset all through the year. Now you kind of see them in winter rarely. And this this is the sort of place where they, they come, but it's such a shame. It's once such a fantastically common bird. There's so much squeaking and peeping and squawking. It's very interesting. So we've got on one side wild shorebirds, waders, wildfowl, and on the other birds that you might find more in the garden. So here's a wren, lots of wrens singing. So there's, sort of, there's a sc- line of scrub and then you've got the farmer's fields. Loads of kale, this must be where kale is. Britain's kale crop. Skylarks though. Another bird that's not done well of late. Just watching a red shank drop in. Yeah, lovely godwit, oh, wonderful bird. Late February is so weird because you can sometimes it'll be so freezing cold, but today it's actually rather it's going to be quite a mild day. Now, a big flock of birds just taken off. Ah, they are avocets. Whoa, the widgeon have taken off. Something's disturbing them. I'm looking, there's an egret among them, little egret. What's forced these up in them? Because this is a place for peregrines, I would think. Can't see anything there. I was a bit slow on the uptake there. They've all settled again. But lovely, there's a, yeah, so there's a, a little egress in amongst there. I know, beautiful. Very common. I've never seen one this far north before, but I guess I'm not often this far north. Curly. Here he comes, curly flying over. So I'm keeping most of my attention on the wide open land. I think there was a flock of avocets. I'm going to try and get my binoculars on them. I don't know if they are avocets. It's too far away. I'm being too hopeful. They are avocets. It's ridiculous. One of the most beautiful birds you can see in Britain. There's a flock of 12, 14, flying away from me though so I can't get a close-up look. Hardly a breath of wind which is great because normally these places are pretty unpleasant and uh, if you've got wind, (laughs) if it's blowing wind. Fantastic amount of bird life here and I've literally only walked 200 yards. I've got to get moving if I want to see more of this habitat. Quite an earthy smell here, and as we just skylark. It's quite an earthy smell, which 
I think smells are so evocative of these sort of places. It's a bit sort of salty tang of seawater and slightly rotten cabbage smell from the kale fields. The birds don't mind though. So here I'm looking out across several lagoons, big oval lagoons that stretch off over the salt marsh to the north and skylarks singing. There's an egret feeding out there, lots of shell ducks dabbling in the water. Those are red shanks calling. There are a whole load of red shanks here. They're just flitting around the shallows. Little wading birds, long beaks, long legs. Red legs are red shanks, obviously. And they're all just plundering the shallows. All these waders have different um, adaptations. Longer beaks, longer legs, shorter beaks, stouter beaks. All do different jobs. They can all feed in the same place, but in a slightly different niche. Uh, the River Ribble flows, um, actually starts in the Yorkshire Dales and then flows south, southwest into Lancashire and out into the North Sea, just below Preston um, and Blackpool. And it's probably, I mean, it's a very beautiful river, particularly upstream. It's lovely here. Um, upstream, it's very inspired um, Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien. He loved it and he based lots of his, uh, the Shire, where the hobbits live, on areas around the Ribble. In fact, the Ribble was his river, Brandywine. The wind's just picking up a bit now, getting quite cold. So I'm going to march on a bit, but goodness me, there are so many birds in this next lagoon. So I'm going to have a little stop and see what's there. <laughs> There's a whole field of swans. There must be a hundred mute swans in this field, at least. All just grazing. There's the harsh call of a black-headed gull. There's a lovely contrast here with two avocets, which are delicate, black and white, graceful upturned bills, standing right behind two cormorants, which are kind of big, black and shaggy, looking like something from a gothic horror movie. It's lovely to see the two. Both fascinating. Cormorants, more controversial. One angling friend calls them the Black Luftwaffe because of their fears of, how, of their, their fish-eating tendencies, which I we featured in the magazine. Very debatable point. Some cormorants culled by um, anglers and landowners uh, to protect fish stocks, as they say. Um, it's one that is always up for debate and perhaps worthy of a podcast. We A lot of racket from the red shanks. Big red shank racket. Just seen a bee. Now it's the 20th of February, so not too early for bees, and it's a warm day, but it's a, a, a sign of spring. Not many flowers here. In fact, now I can't see a single flower. It is quite sullen looking. Water everywhere. Fields of brown or green. Yeah dark green, tired look of late winter fields. The farmers are out, definitely. I can see lots of in the haze to the 
south. I can see lots of, and you can hear them grinding away in their tractors. A big flock of godwits just feeding in the water to the north, and then in the fields to the south, some oyster catchers. And we've had a few meadow pipits over, just seen a couple of teal land, so getting quite good numbers of different species now. Swans groaning in the field down there. It's rather lovely on this elevated walkway, the seawall, which is probably about five metres wide and then banked like a like a rampart of, an, of a hill fort on both sides. So actually the farm, the farmer's fields are below, or they look to be either the same height or below the height of the marshes on the outside. So if, it, if they were to burst, these fields would all flood. And the Ribble is um, a relatively small river. It starts, it runs, it starts in the Yorkshire Dales, runs for about 75 miles south-southwest through the edge of the Dales, through the sort of moors of Lancashire, Lancashire. So it runs mostly in Lancashire. It comes down to Preston, where there are docks, and then out to this broad estuary where there are nature reserves on north and south banks. So I'm going to march on a bit now and try and get along the seawall and see what's beyond the next rise. Um, there's some interesting birds just coming overhead now. They are curlies by the look of things. Three curlies. They look like gulls in flight. Then you see the long curved beak. They're just heading inland. Uh, it'd be nice if this, we can get down into the marsh a bit, but we'll see. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I can see a short-eared owl. It just flew in. It's perched on a, on a fence post. I cannot believe it. That's absolutely brilliant. What a great sighting. I've just gone beyond the reserve slightly into a farm. Uh, and where there's a deep channel. Lots of warning signs to keep out uh, of the channel. But I'm still on the embankment. Ah, oh, a tawny owl. No wonder everything's a bit disturbed around here. To a shorted owl. They're day flying owls. I've seen them before in uh, near Bristol on the Severn Estuary. They do like to be on the estuaries in winter where they find lots of voles and things among this sort of tussocky estuary grasses. It's an absolutely neat. Really good. They look huge, but I've seen kestrels steal food off. They're actually quite weedy, really. There's a really marshy creek here. Get all sorts of fun things. Air is absolutely thronging the skylarks here. I hope they can be picked up in the sound recorder. Because I can't see them. They're so high in the sky. It's really blue now. It's hardly any cloud, just wisps. It's going to be a really quite a hot day for February. But these skylarks are up there. This is definitely a place to see some strange and interesting wildlife. It feels really wild here. It's the sort of place I absolutely love. I love the weird evocative calls of some of these waders. They're just so, so melancholic. 
perfect for these open bleak landscapes of creeks and marshes, forbidding places where there's some starlings coming over now. They love a bit of marshland in winter. Well, there's definitely a great white egret out there, which I don't know if that's commonly seen around in these parts. I'll have to look at a look at birding sites. Red shanks and a flock of starlings going overhead. But yeah, in the distance, unmistakable. Massive great white bird. Among smaller shell ducks. I mean, the, the shell ducks are there to give scale. That's a great white egret. Not common. Mike Dilger and I saw, if you listen to one of the earlier podcasts, we saw a couple of those on Chew Valley Lake. And he was surprised to see them there. I'm surprised to see them here, or see one here. Fantastic. Bigger, I think bigger than a grey heron, which I haven't seen today. There's Skylark coming up right beside me. Two great white egrets. There may be more. I can't go any further because this gate is padlocked and I think I'm probably slightly trespassing at the moment. Not my intention. There's a, there's a little egret there. No, that's a great white egret. Goodness me. So when you see a little egret beside it. Tiddler. Amazing, amazing birds. And I love all this great timbers that have come down the river. So maybe they started up in the dales, some of these trees. And they're all scattered along the shoreline here. So this probably is underwater quite a lot of the time. Low tide has been pretty good for the birds. Maybe high tide it pushed the birds nearer to, nearer to me. But I'm not complaining. Right, I think I'm going to go back to the car and move down the coast a bit. Um, because I think there's... I can't go any further. It's bizarre because there's a footpath about 400 metres ahead. But there's clearly a private farm in the way. of Why they can't allow you to walk all the way along here, I don't know. There must be some... It would make sense to have this lovely coastal path all the way. It's not happening, so I've got to go back to the car and I'll go round this bit. Those are the causes. Black-tailed goblets chasing each other. Now a lot of these birds will be um, they're feeding up here before heading off to the Arctic to breed. A lot of these waders. Uh, some will breed locally. Most of this is a last feed up before they're heading off, so particularly the Godwit, so they got an unusual call, I've not really heard that before. Let's go into my bird song bank of knowledge. Won't be hearing that in the in the garden. Or if I do something's really gone wrong with the climate. Just lovely. You could sit here. I don't have a podcast to record. I would just sit here 
in this, in this sunshine, just let this wash over you. How calming and soothing. So where am I now? I've just driven through the little long ribbon village of Banks and I'm now on the outskirts of Southport following another sea defence on top of it. Um, there's a river running one side to the west and beyond that a row of identical houses. They're protected by another bank so the river is sort of canalised through the middle of this. There are lots of teal on this river. Very fast flowing, very muddy, quite unattractive river. And I'm a big fan of rivers. A single magpie flies past. I really would like to see a second one, but not forthcoming at the moment. Um, so just passing through, this is real dog walker country actually, on the edge of a, the edge of the town. I can see three dog walkers ahead of me in the hundred yards. Uh, lots of, and there's some big roads. But the path I'm taking should arrive. Oh, there's a greenfinch singing. And, and the white and the egret flying over people's back gardens. It's a good garden tick. Um, yes, there's big, huge reed beds following this river and some of these reeds are twice my height so four meters five meters high it's a farmland very very flat farmland off to the east someone kicking a very booming football sounds like gun going off um, Yes, there's this coast road that runs along the side of these marshes. Little fingers of lanes go up. I was searching up and down these lanes for somewhere to park. But there's all loads of signs saying, no parking here. But lots of footpaths at the end, so you, you have to walk about a mile from the main road. I found somewhere to park on the main road, close to a footpath at the end. But it's not exactly the most welcoming, but I guess they get inundated with bird watchers and dog walkers. So they have to do something... This is much more. Uh, oh, a long tail tip flies by. That's new for today. Big sign. So we're about to enter the. I'm about to enter the um, marsh. So it's a welcome to Ribble Estuary National Nature Reserve. A big map. Shooting takes place between 1st December, September, and 20th of February, except on Sundays. So there's shooting allowed in here. It's a quarter of a million waders and wildfowl each winter. The marsh is kept in best condition for wintering widgeon and pink-footed geese. Oh, well, maybe those grey lags I saw earlier were pink-footed geese, which is even better. Lovely, lovely day now. All the small birds flitting around among the trees. Tip flocks. So, blue tits here now. Long tail tits, great tits. So we can see so there's a wide expanse of marsh coming up. And hold on. Yeah. A field with 500 white-footed, pink-footed geese. 
White-fronted geese, pink-fronted geese, that's what they are. Just sitting out, I'm going to walk around to them. That's brilliant. Absolutely hundreds of them packed in. Just feeding. It's grazing, really, on the, on the nice grassy marsh. Call of the wild goose. The call of wild geese, pink footed geese, which there are thousands here, I think, across this marsh. spot. So, lunch calls and the wind is getting up, which makes it harder to record. As his geese are just fantastic. Like flying over the whole time. What a noise. But what a perfect place to be on a winter's day. All this life they fly over me. Fantastic. You can hear their wings. Beautiful birds. So it's taken me a day or two to get back on the road. Um, but I've come to Marshfield, sorry, Marshside RSPB Reserve. Very close to Southport. And this is by the mouth of the Ribble. The estuary. So further downstream from where I was earlier. Um, this is a big patch of creeks and marshes on one side and then some huge area of salt marsh on the other. There's a visitor centre here and a hide overlooking lagoons and water. What's amazing is that today is probably the warmest. It's like 14, 15 degrees here. It's the warmest winter day I've ever... It's says mid-late February. Warmest winter day I can ever remember isn't a great sign with global warming climate change has definitely to do with that despite so I can see lots of Canada geese uh, there are widgeon big flocks of lapwings starlings a whole range of wading birds out there um, I'm going to go into the visitor centre and see if they've got a book of what's been seen um, coots here. Yeah, lots and lots of widgeon. Um, it's by main road, not as beautiful as the previous place, but having a visitor centre with a quite a and a toilet is quite appealing for some people, I'm sure. So this is quite. Uh, there's a lot of bird life out on these marshes. So it's Jay, uh, Jean, Jean and Rachel, and you're both volunteers yeah. at Marshside. Yes, and, we are, yes, um, yes. It's a rather marvellous wetland, as I can see. What, uh, you know, what, 
how long has the RSPB owned this? And, um, uh, the RSPB has owned this since about 1997, so it's been managed since then. Um, okay. our, the main species that we manage it for are lapwing and red shank. Um, other species uh, obviously do come along as well to breed, um, like avocets. They breed here, do they? Avocets yeah, breed right. here, yes. yes. They, have, they haven't been there that long. Oh, OK, <laughs> yes, I've seen some avocets up at Hesketh. Out. Mar- uh, Outmarsh. 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 Yes. Yeah, I saw yes. some of those yesterday, uh, two days ago. But, yes, um, yes, they come back. Them. They've been back about a week now, actually. Okay, uh, so. And we probably we probably have about uh, sort of thirty pairs, forty pairs, yeah, and that's a, that's quite successfully. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's probably about ten years ago now since they first came in. But yes, was this something else at some stage, or has this always been marsh here? Um, well, this, the, this coast is quite uh, unusual because it, it, the, the coast is accreting all the time here. Mm. Um, going back to 19, like to 1750, um, the sea, the, the sea went right in right as far as Churchtown. Really? Um, yes. So slowly but surely, this land is accreting here, unlike the yeah. East Coast, where we're losing land. We're gaining land. So um, it, initially, it's, it becomes marshy area. Yeah. Um, and then slowly but surely, um, it's being managed... Um, well, this has become a nature reserve now, actually, yes. Yeah. So all those houses that we can see in the distance... They were built in the, in the 50s, actually, yes. And that would have been sea at some stage. That would have been sea at some <laughs> stage, yes, yes, yes. Sea and marsh, marshland and sea, yes. So there's yes. some banks, obviously, some embankments. That's there, the, flood de- the flood defence yeah. at the back, actually. Um, okay. I, I think it was in the early 60s uh, there was major flooding over there, actually, yes. Mm. And, on, and along the coast down here at Southport, they built the seawall uh, to defence against that, actually, but it did used to flood. Wow, on the high gosh. tides, yes. So where does this water come from here? Uh, this, this purely is rainwater. Um, so we do get the storm drains from the estate over at the back, which you can see, but, uh-huh. uh, but apart from that, it is purely rainwater. There's no, so no, no rivers So this is fresh water here? This yes. is fresh water now, yes. Okay. yes. And are there fish in here? Or is it yes, uh, there, are, there are eels in here, there are fish. Um, this is slightly the part to the right here. Was, is, um, this pond was the part that was used for washing the sand when there used to be a sand works off the coast here. Okay. So that pond is actually slightly deeper, so we do attract different sorts of birds into yeah. there. Uh, and there are fish in there, um, hence you can see cormorants. cormorants. Well, obviously, the back plenty here. of food, or there wouldn't be all these Well, birds. that's right, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> and um, what have you seen today that uh, I, I've missed? Have there been any merlins down or...? Um, this morning, because it so happens, we haven't it's seen um, really any birds of prey at all, um, <laughs> okay. which is unusual. If you'd asked about last week, we'd have had a better list. You had lots, them. OK. Yes. But it's a good place to come if, you, if you're on holiday yeah. in Southport. And yes. you fancy C- certainly in the wintertime. Winter's um, better than summer. This is a feeding station over the wintertime. Yeah. A lot of birds, ducks come down from Russia, oh. um, geese come down from Iceland uh, to overwinter here. Um, birds of prey come down from their breeding sites on the moors. Um, and over winter down here, so we can actually get Merlin uh, down here in the winter. Also, hen harriers on the outer marsh, oh, right, okay. which have been quite good this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, so the uh, outer marsh on the other side of the, the road. Side yes. of the road. Well, I might yes. have a quick skip the, over there then. And see yes, yes, see. it'd be well worth well, be it. We've had about. Don't go walking down there. It can <laughs> be quite dangerous. The tide comes. Yes. Oh, okay. So we're going too far. Okay. Yes. So watch. The, you need well, to know the tide times actually. Yeah. Yes. So yes. Well, high tide today is four o'clock. About four o'clock. Okay. I'll keep my eyes on Yes. Yes. No. Do do that. We've actually. Lost two people over there the last few months down there. Oh, really? Mm. Yes, yes. Oh, that's Morcambe Bay, I guess. Is it? Or no, south no, of no, just out here, right out oh, here. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know. This is not part of Morecambe Bay, then. Here, we're, we're um, south. Morecambe Bay is the other side of the River Ribble, yeah. really. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. It's just up there. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But we're it's got south, the same sort of river, and then Preston beyond. And it's got the same rapid tides here as well. So. Um, yeah, they're not too quick, but there are a lot of what they call lows and falls, um, cool. and the tide can come in behind you. 
Um, and if you get the prevailing wind coming from the southwest, which is what it does, it can push the tide in a little bit faster, um, a bit earlier than you might be predicted on your tide timetable. So it's, uh, it's always well worth watching the weather and the tide tables. I'm going yeah. to do that now you've warned me. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would, yes. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's absolutely brilliant. How lovely. They were so um, shy about talking into the microphone, but so incredibly knowledgeable. And uh, even after I turned off the microphone, they told me a load more wonderful things. Um, Rachel and Jean, volunteers for the RSPB at Marshside, so thank you to them. Um, I'm going to have a quick look at this outmarsh. Um, so this is marram grass, big dune to, my, to the south, giving me a bit of shade, and then just a huge open marshland. Now, this is where they say there were hen harriers, quite regularly seen hunting over the marsh. So they'd be hunting meadow pipits and voles and all sorts of small creatures that live here. So the hen harrier will feed in winter along coastal marshlands. It'd be lovely to see one. Just got a feeling I won't today, but but they breed inland on the moorlands and come into conflict with estate managers, gamekeepers on grouse moors. There's something up there. It's a fabulous egret. There's a little pool in these marshes. Pretty rough out here. Uh, yeah, they come into conflict. I can see the Southport Pier to the south here, and they're very distant hazy on the horizon um yeah so this is where they're safe during their winter time but not so safe oh a butterfly butterfly a tortoiseshell tortoiseshell butterfly that's only my second butterfly of the year but it is february it's in a brimstone there's a big v formation of geese overhead so you can walk for miles out here they did tell me to be very careful of the tide uh, so I'm only going to walk a little bit further and then just give a flavour. It's sort of heathy almost. It's, it's not heath, but it's just got that sort of sandy, grassy, tussocky. You can see Lytham St Anne's across the ribble in the distance. Somewhere to explore further another time. Well, that was a terrific couple of walks on the wild side of Lancashire with so many highlights. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please do get in touch with me at editor at countryfile.com with your thoughts on the podcast we've done so far and any suggestions you might have for things that we could record in the future. Uh, and don't forget, we have a print magazine and a website full of inspiration and practical information about the countryside and its wildlife. You can find out loads more at countryfile.com. This has been a podcast for BBC Countryfile magazine. Thank you so much for listening.